Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wim Lou, And I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors completed a... Very encouraging 123-107 to win over the Brooklyn Nets in the fourth and final game of preseason. Look, I, I understand it's preseason, but, you know, it's hard to not be encouraged by this performance. It's hard not to be encouraged when you see the Raptors hit 24 three-pointers um, and record 31 assists as a team. And honestly, this is basically their only taste this is the only chance to see the Raptors sort of come together because obviously Kyle had been out for the you know other three games of preseason. He wasn't even there for the intra squad game, you know, potentially due to that contract thing that has obviously now been resolved and everything is good. Um, you know, Mark's sort of been in and out of the lineup. Uh, if you, you know, the team returned from Japan and then like two nights later they played, so they rested everybody. And so today was the only chance to really see what the Raptors, what the defending world champions would look like heading into their season opener on October 22nd, which is uh, next Tuesday. Um, God damn, they look good. They look, they look really, they looked really, really good. Obviously, everyone looks good on a night when you hit 24 threes, but also, they were also playing pretty damn good offense to get uh you know these types of looks off i mean it's not like the raptors was just like firing you know step back contested you know warrior style threes like no these were just like good offense good ball movement great execution and then uh, unselfish play and then people converting open looks and um you know in terms of style of play in terms of style of play for him today this looked a lot like when the raptors went 17 and 5 without Kawhi Leonard last season now granted you know if you look through the games that the Raptors played in those 22 games, a lot of those were against very subpar competition. But, I mean, one, you know, the Eastern Conference is, is trash every year. Like, in this year in particular, it is very, very bad. Like, outside of, like, Philly and Milwaukee, there's no team that the Raptors shouldn't be able to compete and beat, to be honest. Um, and two, like, man, 
I mean, no matter how you slice it, a quarter of the season is not insignificant. And um, one thing I did, so I did take a look at those 22 games in which Kawhi sat last year. And if you compare to um, the 60 games that Kawhi played in the regular season, the Raptors averaged 20 additional passes per game, according to Synergy Stats data, in the games that Kawhi was out. Um, And, you know, the way they sort of played was they had to share the ball. There wasn't obviously a defined number one guy. You know, everyone had to get a touch. They had to execute. They had to really defend. They had to run in transition, be unselfish, and play with pace. And that's exactly what happened tonight. I'm not. Now, I'm not promising the Raptors are going 17 and five over the course of the regular season, which is almost like 60 wins. And I'm not. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that uh, the Raptors get 24 threes every night. But damn, you know, like this is still a very, very good team. I mean. I've been saying this on the podcast, you know, I've, I've been saying it elsewhere. Like, obviously, they don't have the top, top, top end talent to, like, go super deep in the playoffs. You know, they probably won't defend the title with this current group. But having said that, this is still a very, very good team. And, you know, you look at it tonight, for example, right? So, Nick goes with a tight eight-man rotation, at least throughout the first three quarters. Afterwards, he started introducing, you know, bench guys. There's no point. I mean, you're already smacking up the Nets by, like, 20 points. There's no point to extend your guys that hard in preseason. But... Um, the eight-man rotation. I mean, seven of those guys are just returning players from the championship squad. Like, we have seven champions in the rotation. And those guys got the bulk of the minutes. Um, those guys being Pascal, OG, Mark, Fred, Kyle in the starting lineup was Serge and Norm coming off the bench. And then the eighth guy was actually Terrence Davis, who, as a rookie, continues to just dominate. I mean, he looked really good out there, especially in his first stint where he scored about 10 points in about five minutes in the second quarter. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Nick just stuck with his, you know, returning champions. And, like, they played like they were champions. Like, it's just a different caliber of play. Like, the Nets, they also had their full assortment of players. And, you know, whatever. I didn't think they played that badly, but the Raptors just kind of, it's just a big difference between um, the level of execution on both ends for the Raptors versus a team like the Nets. Who's a team like the Nets, you know, they're going to be like a little bit over 500. They're going to go to the playoffs, probably losing the first round. You know what I mean? Like the Raptors, like they just looked sharp. Like they look like a team that had won the championship and are still hungry for more. And there's just, there's a lot of encouraging signs out of this game. Um, starting with, I would say, Fred Van Vliet has looked like the best player throughout, you know. I mean, even if you want to go back to Rico Hines' runs, like, obviously you're only seeing selected edited clips in those runs. But having said that, I mean, like, you know, Fred's makes, at least, were the most impressive makes. How about that? Um, Obviously, he drew a lot of praise from, um, you know, Rico, you know, after – those runs, you know, he mentioned how consistently Fred's team would win. No matter which team Fred was playing with, Fred's guys would win. And then you you see that carry over into preseason, or sorry, the training camp or the intra-squad game. Again, you know, not the biggest deal in the world. It's just an intra-squad game. But Fred's out there in pants, and he's, you know, his team A is winning by like 30 points. But B, like, you know, he was confidently knocking down threes, really setting up his teammates. Then they go to Japan. First game, Fred has, like, what, 16-5-5, five and five, outplays Russell Westbrook in the first game of preseason. Second game, you know, has 10 assists, which is very, very good. Doesn't play against the Bulls because he doesn't need to. And then comes out tonight, 16 points, 8 assists in 27 minutes with fourth, six shooting from deep. Um, the eight assists, by the way, zero turnovers, like really, really good decision-making by Fred. And, you know, obviously, uh, we saw last season that Fred isn't necessarily the most natural playmaker because, 
he does have a tendency to sort of hold the ball a little bit, and I feel like that really held him back last year. If you actually just go back and look at, um, you know, Fred's shooting percentages, yes, they weren't that great on the whole, but if you really break it down, like about a third of his shots came within seven seconds or less in the shot clock, which is um, – really really high and and no one's going to succeed if you if you take a share of shots like that so he really needs to improve his playmaking and improve his decision making on the whole and I thought tonight he was excellent um and this shouldn't be a surprise either because every time Fred plays with Kyle they're they're money like they're they're money like um you know in a lot of those games when Kawhi sat you know Nick tried a lot of other guys in the starting group. He tried a bit of OG, tried a bit of McCaw, tried a bit of Norm. But the guy he kind of came back to over time and time again was Fred. Fred was the guy that was most successful, actually, as the Kawhi replacement. And, you know, it, it is a little awkward when you have uh, basically two point guards in the starting lineup. You do have to massage the rotations a little bit. Like today, for example, you know, uh, Nurse got Kyle to come out early in the first quarter. And then Kyle came back, you know, with about three minutes left in the first quarter. And then Fred, um, you know, played the first nine minutes and then he sat. And so they sort of alternated, at least for the first three quarters when the game was meaningful. Um, but, you know, like Fred is really good alongside Kyle Lowry. Like last year, when Kyle Lowry was on the floor, Fred Van Vliet had a true shooting percentage of 61%. That's really, really good. Um, and, you know. I think this year, it's very clear that, first off, Fred looks a lot healthier. He looks a lot crisper. Um, you know, his confidence has always been very good, but right now it's sky high. Um, the three-point shooting is legitimately eye-opening. It's not even just that, yes, he can hit catch-and-shoot threes, but he's, like, the best shooter on the team. Um, you know, you, you see him today, for example, pull up three in transition, Kyle Lowry style. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, catch and shoot. Obviously, you can hit those. You know what I mean? Come off the high screen. Bigs drop back. You know what I mean? Like, just pull up. Again, like, he is just, he's money on those. And he and he's shooting it from deep, like, three, four steps behind the three-point line. He's got no issues shooting that. He's, he's really got a good form and really good, good arc. And, you know, it doesn't look unnatural for him. I don't think it's something that um, he should be cautious about. I think Nick has given him the green light to fire, you know, f- those very, very deep threes. And, um, and yeah, and you know, the burst of the rim is, is really good too. But honestly, man, the best part about Fred's game right now, the playmaking is, is, is truly a new surprise. Like for example, today he had a really nice play where he sort of like was attacking out the pick and roll, sort of spun, you know, cut in the, in the middle of the floor, drew defenders to him and then threw a bounce pass from where he was a pretty low angle, but he sort of bounced it pretty hard. The ball came up perfectly, you know, in Pascal's shooting pocket and Pascal hit a corner three, like there's a lot of these plays he just wasn't making before or maybe it's just that maybe he was playing with the bench and the bench was so putrid that like you can't expect him to elevate the whole group but um Fred's playmaking throughout preseason has been a is a very very positive development and um as long as he stays with the starting lineup I think he's gonna be he's he's gonna shine he really is gonna shine like I have a bold predictions piece coming out um, next week, you can look for it on Yahoo Sports Can, and of course, I'll tweet it out. But one of my bold predictions, I think my first one that I thought of was Fred Van Vliet's going to outscore Kyle Lowry this season. And um, it sounds a little aggressive because I think we all agree that Kyle's a better player than Fred. But the difference is not that big, honestly. It's really not that big. And if Kyle's sort of up and down, you know, with his health and, you know, with his timing and rhythm, uh, I could honestly see Fred taking the leap here. Like, 
yeah, Fred Fred looks really sharp, man. He looks he looks really good, and you know he's he's got a lot to play for too. So he looks to be embracing the opportunity. Another guy that played really well, OJ Anobi, eighteen points on six of thirteen shooting, four of eight from deep, uh, plus fourteen in twenty eight minutes. You know, it's a testament to the way Nick Nurse sets up his offense that OG was able to lead the team in scoring, even though he's like the fourth option, I would say. Um, yeah, OG, first off, he, on a personal level, he looks very confident. Um, the three-point shooting, obviously he is confident about it because he took eight threes in 28 minutes. I don't think they'll always get up to eight, but honestly, when the team shares the ball, a lot of driving, kicking, a lot of movement, OG's job is to space, either space or cut to the rim for a layup. And today he'd spaced it really well, and he cut to the rim really well as well. He had a uh, very nice combo where Kyle kind of uh, threw, not a blind pass, but kind of just like, led OG who was out of bounds back inbounds behind the defense for for a dunk kind of like that JaVale play that's sort of flowing on Twitter the other um from the other night but you know uh, OG just you know he just looks very rejuvenated he looks calm he looks poised uh he's making great decisions like whether he scores or not is not necessarily the biggest deal like obviously that's going to come and go he's not like a consistent scorer but I mean, his decision making is consistently good. Like he is the Raptors' best perimeter defender. He's very versatile, and the Raptors need him to be in the starting lineup because if you're going to start Fred and Kyle for, together, for example, someone's got to guard like the Carousel Verts of the world, and that someone is OG Ananobi. And you know, you know, even bigger twos like if they play Washington, someone's got to guard Beal. That's probably going to be OG. So, you know, OG's defense is going to be uh, important, and he, he looks very sharp on that end. He, his defense has been really solid throughout. Um, and honestly, if the scoring touch sort of holds up here, like, you know, it just makes it – it doesn't even make him easier to play because I think he's going to have a spot regardless just based on his defense. But obviously going to hit a, a fair share of threes and make a couple plays. Like, honestly, this is like what Danny Green gave you last year. 18 points on an occasional game with a couple of rebounds, pretty solid defense, stretch the floor, like – if OG can give you a Danny Green season, like that is that would be very blessed. And um, I'm I'm obviously you know OG went through a very tough year last year. I think everyone's rooting for OG, you know. Um, and yeah, I don't think he's going to disappoint. I, th- I think he's going to have a really good year. Uh, other guys of note, Serge was phenomenal. Like it's funny how all those age jokes with Serge just like completely died. Like no one's making these racist um, age jokes anymore because Serge is balling. Like he's, yeah, he, he turned 30 uh, this summer and all throughout preseason, he has looked, I mean, obviously Fred has been really, really good. Pascal's been really, I mean, all the returning guys have been looked really, really good, but like Serge more than anyone else has looked so sharp. He's ready to go. And, you know, today comes off the bench, 15 points, 11 rebounds in 19 minutes, 7 of 10 shooting, hit a 3, 5 offensive rebounds, got you a steal, got you a block, plus 16. This, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, at one point, Serge pump faked his man out of position at the three-point line, then drove in and took off from a step with like inside the three-point arc and threw down a two-handed dunk like he was Giannis Adenokounmpo. Like, what is going on? Serge is aging backwards, if anything else. You know what I mean? Like, he looks incredible. And um, whether that – I mean, honestly, I, I, I could see a scenario where Serge gets moved just because it feels like the Raptors should at least trade one of their a- aging guys. 
but at the same time, like, man, if he gives you this kind of production and you're trying to, and you're going to be competing, if you're going to be a 50 plus win team, what's the point of trading him? You know what I mean? Like, hold on to him. Maybe you even resign him. He looks great, man. He looks really, really good out there. And again, I, I've been saying this throughout preseason, but it's a testament to Serge's professionalism that a guy comes back in his, what, like 10th or 11th season after winning a championship finally and being this motivated and saying in such tip top shape. And coming in and converting everything. I mean, like, man, it's money. Like, mid-range shot, it's it's there. The three-point shot, it's there. You know what I mean? He looks to have a lot of life in his legs. I mean, the five offense rebounds, that's great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the kind of impact that Serge is making off the bench is great. And I think that, you know, as long as – I mean, we already know uh, Kyle and Serge have good uh, chemistry, but it looks like Pascal and Serge have pretty good chemistry as well. Fred and Serge last year, that was a point of weakness. If they develop some chemistry, that would really help. Um, but overall, like, you know, Serge is just – he's – what a pro, you know what I mean? And he even has chemistry with Gasol as well because obviously, the, you know, they played together in the you know, with the Spanish national team for a couple of years there. Um, you know, Serge is plug and play. And you just you you gotta love it. Uh, in terms of plug and play, Marcus All returns to the lineup now. I would say overall it was a decent game. Like defensively, I, I can't I can't even count the number of times people scored over him. It was uh, not necessarily a defensive player of the year type performance. Having said that, he was in the right positions and it was just people finishing through contact. So what can you really do? I mean, he's, you know, Marcus All is not gonna suddenly turn into you know. Dikembe Mutombo and block shots and, and, and wag his finger or whatever. It's going to be a positional defender, and it just so happened that the Nets made a couple of contested shots tonight. But um, the positives are, are very obvious. Like First off, Mark did a really good job on the defensive glass, which was pretty important because the Nets um, you know, kind of jumped over the Raptors, and I feel like this is something that could happen throughout the regular season as well. I don't think the Raptors are going to be uh, that good of a defensive rebounding team, and that will be a problem because you know, if the Raptors are going to be a, a very elite defensive club, which they have the personnel to be, uh, they can't hurt their own cause by not actually rebounding misses. And so that's a concern. I, I want to see Pascal do better on that end. I want to see OG do better on that end. I want to see a guy like Stanley Johnson come out the bench and do it better on that end. We'll see Chris Boucher, of course, do that as well. But, you know, Marcus Gasol, for his own part, he was really good defensively, um, in terms of the rebounding, he, he led the team with uh, nine defensive rebounds. He threw three assists. He hit three threes. He got to the line. He drew a couple fouls, you know, and the post. He sort of played a, you know, two big lineup with Surge where, you know, Nick actually, he, he kind of gave it away uh, at practice this week when he said, you know, I've been working on a super big lineup. And the lineup is Kyle at one, OG at two, Pascal at three, Surge at four and Mark at five. And honestly, you know, he displayed it a couple. He, he like actually pulled it out today against the Nets. I guess there's two ways to look at it. I mean, like it wasn't like altogether. It wasn't like a dominating lineup, but like it, it definitely created certain advantages, which is what, you know, Nick said. You know, he made a point of saying that, you know, part of the reason why he wants to play these sort of unconventional lineups is that he wants to make the opposition adjust to the Raptors rather than the Raptors adjusting to the opposition, which if I might add, is uh, the exact opposite of what Dwayne Casey used to do because Dwayne used to always just trust his guys and then if a problem arose, he'll probably not adjust in the second quarter but probably third quarter, end of third quarter, fourth quarter. If something gets real desperate, then he'll make a change. Um, but, you know, the Raptors in the past under a different coaching uh, regime were very much a uh, let's adapt to the situation whereas Nick is not only adapting the situation but he kind of forces the issue. And, what you know, and, you know, it doesn't... 
like it's not like a tactical genius kind of move, but it's something that's really simple. Like, okay, if the Nets have someone like uh, Rodion's Kuruks, who should really be in jail, but you know, Rudy, if they have Kuruks playing basically power forward, then you might as well have Gasol and Serge on the floor, and then put one of them on the block, whoever Kuruks is guarding, throw the ball inside, and sort of draw a foul. And you know, it's just simple stuff like that. Like, the, you know, they could play that way. And I think you know, lengthwise, they have the sort of versatility to sort of pull it off like for example for stretches like pascal was guarding joe harris uh, joe harris is like a classic two guard and just you know moving out the ball constantly and stuff like that pascal you know stuck with him no problem og obviously we know he can do that um and really the only question is whether or not like one of serge or uh mark can sort of hang on the perimeter now granted today the nets throw out a guy like uh david nawaba still by nawaba um <laughs> Shout out Moji. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they had Nawaba uh, out there who was like a complete non-shooter. He was one for six today. So, you know, it was easier for the bigs to sort of play because there's just one guy on the floor they don't have to close out too hard on. But, you know, uh, obviously it's not a perfect lineup, but it's something useful. And I think there are certain situations that will call for it. Like if you're going to play Philly down the line, like you can't really roll out there and be like, all right, I got Fred and, <laughs> I got Fred and Kyle in the backcourt. It's like, no, that's that's not going to work. Like, you know what I mean? So uh, you're going to have to have some of these bigger looks. And I think, um, you know, Nick is pretty inventive in, in, in doing that. But, you know, back to my point about Mark and, and Serge, like these two guys are so experienced and so adaptable. And they're, they're such vets, you know what I mean? Like you could put them in these unorthodox situations and it'll work. Like clearly Serge has really reinvented his career as a small ball center. He's obviously taken off the last two years under nurse. Um, but, you know, in certain situations, yeah, Serge is like, yo, I haven't forgotten how to play power forward. You know, Serge can play the five, Serge can play the four, Mark can play the five, Mark can play the four. It's interchangeable. And it's just it's nice to have these vets that know what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's very nice to see. And the Raptors have an incredible luxury of having both, uh, you know, Mark and Serge in the lineup because you're just you're just set at, in the front court with, with, with Serge, with, with Mark, and with Pascal. Like, that's... That's an excellent, excellent trio. In terms of Pascal, I thought, you know, it's actually funny because it looks underwhelming, but then you look at the stat line, he has 11 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, a block, 4 of 10 shooting, hits a 3 in 22 minutes. And this is after he really was shortchanged on a couple of foul calls and things like this. But regardless, like, this is a night where Pascal was sort of off. Like, his touch wasn't really there. A couple of shots, you know, post-ups, like, spin move going to the rim over Kyrie. Like, he, he missed the layup, and it's like, mm weird last year he was like a 70 percent shooter in 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 the restricted area so you know obviously it was just uh, this is a bit of a a strange outlier but you know even though it looked underwhelming you look at the stat line you're like man this guy contributed all over the uh, the statute like you, you can't argue with these results and um and, and yeah and you know th- there's things for pascal to improve for sure like for example when the defense brought a second defender over uh, pascal was throwing them and, and sort of not recognizing it and, uh, you know, he sort of got into the air with his mind made up and he, he sort of created two turnovers that way, trying to find either OG and someone else trying to back cut, you know, whatever. Uh, that's something that's honestly, that's part of the learning process. Like if you're going to develop into a number one guy, you need to sort of work with him throughout these mistakes. And he's going to make them throughout the season. Hopefully it's sort of less and less as the year goes on. But, you know, you got to live with these. Um, but also I, I think the Raptors, you know, Obviously, it's a balance. Like, clearly, Nick wants to move the ball, sort of really be unselfish, make everyone a threat. And the Raptors are very good playing like that. You saw it today. 24 three-pointers, 31 assists. Um, 
But at the same time, if you were going to develop Pascal as sort of that number one option, that go-to guy, then, you know, he needs a couple more go-to looks. Like, the fact that Pascal only got 10, assi- or 10 shots, it's not concerning, but it's sort of just like, well, you know, his 10 shots compared to, like, 13 for OG and 8 for Mark and 11 for Fred and 12 for Kyle and 10 for Serge. You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't really stand out. Like, it wasn't clear that he was featured. And, you know, like, Nick did run a couple of, like, after-timeout plays for, for, for Pascal and things like this. But, you know, I, I think, honestly, like, they should give him just, like, two or three more extra touches, especially at the in the first quarter, just to establish him. Just establish, like, this guy's going to be a problem. You're going to have to deal with him. And he's going to do this and this to your defense. And, um, and yeah, so... Um, for the most part, though, Pascal, obviously, like, he contributes everywhere. You know what I mean? He just contributes. He gives you uh, production regardless of where you put him. You know, him at three, defensively, I thought it was fine. Offensively, I still want to see him bust out the sort of, like, mid-range game that he's working on, the face-up game. Because right now, his in- his just his instinct is to, you know, you know, go to the post-up game, sort of back down his man and hit the spin move and, you know, and or, you know, hit a corner three, get on transition, stuff like that. Basically, all the stuff he was doing last year. But we're not seeing the face-up game as much right now. Maybe the face-up game is more reserved for when he faces up against bigger guys because so far he's mostly playing against smaller guys. Like, if he if, – maybe the, the idea of developing the face-up game is to counter, like, the next time uh, they, they face, like, a team like Milwaukee and they put – uh, Brooke Lopez on him or like team like Philly and they put you know Joel Embiid on him then all of a sudden Pascal got the face up game he can drive pass he can shoot he can stretch the big man out maybe that's the idea but so far we haven't actually seen a lot of the stuff that he's worked on so you know I'm just curious that's all I'm curious and obviously with the you know big extension uh, looming uh, obviously the most recent reports from Chris Haynes suggest that they are very close, although I also read uh, a column from Michael Grange that suggested that they weren't as close. But regardless, um, um, yeah, I mean, like, that's that's the question, right? Can Pascal be the number one guy? And um, right now, I mean, on night to light, you, you don't need to be the number one guy. Like, the, the team can hit 24 threes within the flow of the offense. You don't need to f- slow it all down so Pascal can, you know, test out his face-up game and be like a – uh, a, a you know a little Carmelo Anthony a little Rudy Gay kind of play package like you don't need to do that but at the same time I am curious because eventually games will slow down and I want to know if Pascal can execute during those situations um Kyle obviously made his return to the lineup he was very shaky in terms of just uh his timing on everything like he's older now obviously he's like athleticism not all the way there and obviously he just came back and you know, after the offseason and stuff like that. So, like, he wasn't going to be, like, ready to go. Like, he was going to be Game 6 Kyle Lowry scoring 26 points in the NBA Finals in the clinching game of the NBA Finals. Uh, don't forget this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Kyle was – you know, he he did all the stuff that you would expect Kyle to do in terms of pushing the pace and sort of making very clever plays. Um, you know, defensively, you know, he, he was in position for, you know, help defense, things like this. Um but you know, yeah. I mean, he just needs some. He just needs to find better timing. Uh, it was clear that he was searching for it. Like obviously, like he was like forcing his offense to sort of try to get a timing for, you know, what is um, what what are the opportunities for me to hit that pull up three? And everything has to just be like a precise timing, because um, you know, he doesn't have that much margin for error. Like it's not like he has that huge burst. He can go to the rim and finish over somebody with consistency. Like you know, uh. There were there will be sort of moments where, you know, Kyle has to just sort of be incisive with everything that he does. And obviously, first game preseason is not going to be incisive. But I wouldn't worry too much about Kyle, at least at the moment. Um, you know, 
what do you have? Nine points, five assists, three turnovers. Yeah, yeah, could be better, could be worse. Like I don't think it could be much worse actually. Norm, you know it's weird with Norm because I'm seeing plus twenty four on the box score and I'm like, damn, Norm must have had a good game. But then also watching throughout the game, I'm like, man, Norm lost his defensive man like assignment so many times. Uh, but then he was also very efficient on offense, like eleven points on four of six shooting, two or three from deep, excellent, three assists, one turnover, pretty good. So I mean, I don't know. This is one of those cases where you know numbers don't lie, I guess. Uh, but defensively, I did see him lose his focus on a couple times, um, which you know whatever. It's preseason, I guess. But I, I would always like to see Norm be a little bit more locked in defensively. In terms of the deeper bench guys, um, oh yeah, Terrence Davis, the last guy in the rotation here. So. Davis was the first guy off the bench that wasn't one of the returning players, which is a little bit surprising. Halfway through the third quarter or second quarter, there Davis came in, um, sort of just to play a little bit of two guard. Um, and honestly, man, he looked really good. Like first off, he definitely looks more comfortable finishing plays than creating them because as a point guard, he just doesn't have the right confidence right now to sort of initiate everything and sort of stalls down the third unit at, at the moment when he's like the lead playmaker. But as, like, a finisher right now, playing next to Fred or playing next to Kyle, you know, he can play. Like, he's a good catch-and-shoot player. Like, he really is. Like, you know, first, you know, shift in the game in the second quarter there, hits a corner three off a, you know, spin and dish by Pascal. He hits another three in the corner sort of off an inbound play, sort of just, like, inbounding to the near corner, and, he you know, hits a, a three in pretty tight quarters, actually. You know, finishes the layup. And then, you know, Fred... Uh, drives the lane, collapses the defense, kicks it out to Terrence. Um, you know, the Nets defense was just not non-existent, so Terrence drives the lane, you know, along the baseline and uh, finishes the dunk, and it's like, man, this guy can make an impact, and he's like instant impact. Like, it's almost like Norman Powell-esque. Remember when Norman was a rookie, he would come in and, and do things and be fearless and be athletic, and there's a bit of that element with, uh, with, with Terrence here. And, you know, it, it faded sort of a little bit as the game went on, and, you know, in, in the third line like the third string lineup like he's just not good enough as a point guard right now to sort of carry that and make the offense uh, sing but you know he's he's pretty good man he's he's pretty good and he finds ways to be involved like you know um like the way he goes up for rebounds is actually really impressive like it, you're like oh yeah that's right this man was a wide receiver for uh pretty much his you know entire uh, high school career and when you see him go up for some of these catches it's 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 legitimately impressive like in the I, I the fact that he only had two rebounds but i remember both rebounds is um a testament to sort of the way he plays the game like first rebound he actually fought with surge for it but he like skied as high as surge did even though he's six four and surge is six ten uh to get to win the rebound and, and push the break and then the second time this man went into the air with like one hand like i'm not saying it was like odell beckham but it was like it's, honestly it's kind of similar i don't know it was kind of spectacular um, so yeah, Terrence is definitely a guy who's going to make an impact. Chris Boucher came off the bench, immediately hit two threes, you know, uh, I, I still have my, I don't know, man, I'm still suspicious. I don't really think he makes winning plays enough of the time, but he clearly makes an impact and he's not afraid and he'll, he'll contribute, you know, as a third string guy, whatever. Um, O'Shea Brissett came in and gave some energy, not a big deal. Matt Thomas, went three for three from deep uh, he really is automatic if you leave him open he, he will hit the three like there's just no question about it Michael Miller um someone fell into his leg I think it was Garrett Temple and it was a little scary because he kind of rolled up on his knee Miller kind of like was shaken up a little bit there's a timeout he came back he's continued playing so 
hopefully he's okay. But, you know, this will be such a shame if he got hurt at a time where he's either going to crack an NBA rotation or not a rotation, but a big league roster for the first time or uh, he, he loses his uh, partially guaranteed deal. So this will be a horrible time for an injury. Hopefully he's okay. Cameron Payne, thank God he didn't play uh, at all, which is great. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Taylor played up ahead of him. I don't really want to see either of them. I think, honestly, if they like Davis this much, they should just roll with Davis as a third-string point guard or McCall when he's healthy. Um, McCall was out today. So was Rondé with injuries. Deron Zanis came in. You know, I like his energy rebounding. I mean, same thing as he did against the Bulls when he had, like, 11 rebounds. Today, seven minutes, Dwan Hernandez, seven rebounds. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I still think he, you know, needs to bulk up, definitely refine a couple of skills. But if he can rebound, uh, that's that's a plus because, you know, the Raptors could use some rebounding. And then, weirdly enough, I got to say some nice things about Stanley Johnson, who, you know, on the box score, doesn't look that great. Zero points in 14 minutes, 0 of 3 shooting from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, had a turnover. The turnover was... Well, actually, that wasn't even the turn. One of the missed shots was he cut to the basket at the right time, made a great cut, snuck in ahead of the defense. But then he fumbled the ball, and then, like, four guys converged him in the paint, and instead of passing out, he decided to, like, shoot a turnaround bank shot that did not go in. Like, come on, man. But, you know, at the same time, like, in terms of what Nick Nurse said, which was very strange to see Nick Nurse sort of call out um, – his newcomers, especially so soon, like in preseason. I mean, come on, these games don't even matter. But, you know, he he called them out, and he was like, yo, no, Stanley and Rondé have not understood how much intensity we play here at the defending championships. Like, the the, the defending champions play with a certain level of intensity that um, Stanley and Rondé are not just going to walk into. And so if they're going to get minutes, they need to defend their asses off, basically. And, you know, Stanley today, he, he showed that energy, that hustle defensively. Like, he made a lot of uh, plays. Like, I was watching him very closely. Not a single guy scored on Stanley Johnson. You know, like, his his assignment never scored on him. Uh, most of the time, they couldn't even get a shot off. He forced uh, Kuruks, who, again, should be in prison. Um, he, he forced Kuruks into a turnover. Uh, he... Um, you know, and, and and I think the like in terms of help defense, like he was good at the rim. He made a block that was called a foul, but pretty good recognition there, uh, play at the rim. Um, it just seems like his hustle and effort was there, and that's why he earned 14 minutes tonight. Like he was the ninth man, if you would, if, if you would. I mean, Nick didn't even go to a ninth man until midway through the third quarter, but yeah, he was the ninth man, and you know he played with intensity. And again, this is all Nick really wants out of him. Like I think he understands that like Stanley Johnson's not going to come in and be you know, the second coming of Kawhi Leonard. Like, that's ridiculous. But, you know, if he can come in and defend at least at a high level, then you kind of live with the fact that he's limited offensively. But, you know, uh, at least in terms of taking the coach's message the right way, could have gone either way. You know, you, you could either pout or you could, uh, you know, actually embrace the message. And I think uh, Stanley embraced the message, so good on him. So, in terms of your three stars for tonight, first star, I would give that to Fred Van Vliet, 16 points, three rebounds, eight assists. Uh, a steal, no turnovers, four threes, great outing. Second star, I'm going to have to OG, 18 points, six rebounds, and assists, six of 13 from the field, four of eight from deep. And third star, I'm giving to Serge Ibaka, 15 points, 11 rebounds off the bench, seven of 10 shooting, hit a three, got a steal, got a block, got an assist. An assist, by the way, I mean, Serge is nowadays, like, he just keeps making plays that just wow you, which is rare for a 30-year-old. But he drives into the lane, and Serge used to have the worst tunnel vision but especially last year and now this year, it seems to have continued where he drives a lane and he makes a read instead of forcing the pass. He kicks it out. I think he hit OG and OG hit a three. And it's like, you know, 
it's real inspiring, man. You know, it's you're you're never too old to 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 continue improving. Uh, you know, in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award tonight, who is that going to? Um, I guess I'll give it to Torian Prince. Thirteen points in twenty one minutes, five of eight shooting. I guess I'm only saying this because last year, uh, as sort of a, a nerdy blogger flex, I kind of picked Torian Prince to be most improved because I saw him dominate. Paul Gasol in preseason, but uh, I, I like Torian Prince. I thought it was a very underrated picker from the from the Nets. I don't really know why the Hawks let him go. It's not like the Hawks have so many great wings that they should just let guys walk. But whatever, Prince was good. You know, pretty reliable three point shooter. Makes a couple things happen uh, off the dribble. Not as good of a defender as you would think he is, but you know, can be disruptive at times. And uh, overall, you know, I wouldn't mind if he was on the Raptors, but. You already had Damari once, so I'm I'm kind of good on that too. And then the uh, the the Pat Patterson Award tonight. Uh, yeah, I don't really know, man. Maybe I'll just scrap the Pat Patterson. Oh, Spencer didn't win it. Yeah, like I don't know what he was doing aside from flopping a couple times. Like, yeah, it just wasn't a great game. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't buy some uh, Spencer Dinwiddie coin or whatever the hell he's making right now. But um. But yeah, that does for the podcast. Um, as I mentioned on Twitter, actually briefly, uh, I have uh, several copies of the um, Raptors Championship official Championship DVD plus Blu-ray to give out. Um, so now I'm going to be handing those out next week. So listen to the podcast for more details. But in the meantime, thanks everyone for listening. The Raptors are going to be unveiling a championship banner next Tuesday. Uh, apparently, uh, people who are going to the game, the very very lucky. Uh, 20,000 people or so who are going to the game be there in time for 715 I know this is Toronto I know people are late they are going to be handing out rings at 715 you do not want to miss it leave work early whatever you got to do take the go train or whatever you do just make sure you get to the game in time and and watch that because it's going to be a beautiful moment and um and yeah thanks everyone for listening we're back for a full season and uh I'm really really excited so yeah I'll talk to you Tuesday When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.